0: Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. As I was saying, I wanted to thank... Um, everyone who participated in Serve Sunday, but I also wanted to recognize. Let's go back two weeks ago. I wanted to recognize all of our youth who participated in Serve uh, Youth Sunday. Can we just thank them for all of the work that they did? I also want to make mention. I also want to make mention that, uh, and this was this was it just happened to fall into the scheduling. It wasn't done on purpose, but we were aware of it when we did plan it. That. It came right after many of our students had prom just the night before. And I, when I reached out to many of our youth saying, hey, I want you involved in New Sunday, but I would completely understand if you'd rather not because prom is the night before. So many of them said, nope. We are going to be there. Um, many of them slept for like two hours and we didn't even notice because they were up here. And they, they did such a fantastic job. I would always make the argument, when's the last time you heard a sermon out of Haggai, let alone from two teenage boys? And uh, that should be a conviction and a challenge to us all. Amen. Hey, we are in this found family series. It's not a family series in the traditional sense. It's a family series talking about the church found family. We have all found one another if we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. And we've been talking about what that means. So because it's Mother's Day and we're talking about family, I just thought it appropriate. I want to just share uh, a a couple pictures. Um, This is me and my mom on my biggest day just a couple months ago. And if there's one person I would fight for, if there's one person I could talk about to the day I die... It is my mother. Don't worry, I, I do have one that's not, she's not crying. I mean, does it, does it get any better than this? My mom is one of the most special people in my life. I truly would die saying she is the best mom. Many of you know my mother and you would make that same claim saying, yes, Justin, you are lucky because you have your mom. She is instilled into me and passed so many things on. She is fierce in everything she does. You know, growing up, many people have thought that my competition came from my dad. No, no, no. My dad's not competitive. He couldn't care less if he wins or loses. My mom, though, you get her into a card game and she will. Man, she is competitive. My mom's also the one who instilled into me the power of a thank you card. The power of a card saying, I appreciate you. My mom is the one who's instilled into me uh, a sense of empathy, being able to put someone before yourself. We, growing up, during the fall time, we would be at every single elderly person's house raking their leaves. and Why are we doing this? Don't they have their own grandchildren? But we were there raking leaves, going across. We were, we were raised to care for others. We were raised with a, with a work ethic. We, when we were 12 years old, in sixth grade, 13 years old maybe, we were driving the mower in the town, passing out flyers for a mowing business because we learned what it was to work and to earn for ourselves. My mom, she is the best mom. She means the world to me. But here's the kicker. As much as I can see, as much as my mom has done to prove to herself or prove to me as her son that she is worthy of holding the title of mother, all of these things, these amazing, these good, these needed things, they don't necessarily make for a Christian. You know, as Christians, because as Christians, we have a different family. This found family, this church family. Not talking about DNA, not talking about genetics, not talking about blood relation. Not even talking about those who may care for our physical needs. My mom cared for every need in my life. But this does not necessarily make for a member of the church, the spiritual Family, Because the spiritual family, it transcends. It goes well beyond simply the physical needs. It doesn't leave behind the physical needs. Don't mishear me. Don't misunderstand me. It doesn't ignore the physical needs, but it goes so much further. We're talking about people who recognize soul care in the midst of body care. We're talking about people who recognize eternity in light of the Temporary who recognize that there is more going on than simply what meets the eye. We're talking about the spiritual found family, and just as I had to determine and and see that Lois Braun truly is my mother, my mom, I also have to determine who my spiritual family is. It's not just a given. It's not just this thing that we should just always know. Because even for those who have biological mothers, biological, physical, genetic moms, they are actually moms because of the way that they have treated their young ones. So we look for the fruit of the life. We look for the actions that go beyond simply words to determine who is our spiritual family. And just like in any family, there's dysfunction, there's chaos, there's pain, there are people who hurt us, and sometimes it can be difficult to recognize, well, who exactly is our spiritual family? We know who our physical family is. That's a given in many senses. But who is our spiritual family? Sometimes it's just easier to find... The few people who maybe haven't hurt us. Maybe we find our allegiance in sports or politics or groups or even communities. We have all of our pride and our love and our, and our dedication given to one particular thing because those people, they haven't hurt us directly. So I'm going to give my deepest love and respect to them. Maybe we listen to them online and we listen to them and, they, and we think, yeah, they are so influential and they're inspiring and they're impactful. I'm going to put all my dedication to them. When in reality, we are told that if we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we are being connected in a way that transcends all understanding. And even in this room, we are Family. And I would say this, we are family even more intimately than those of your siblings and your physical mothers and fathers. But do we understand it? Do we recognize this? Do we know who our spiritual, our greater family is in the midst of this world? And if we do know who our spiritual family is, do we treat them as they deserve. Do we treat them as the family that they are, as our spiritual siblings? Recognizing how we're connected. We're going to be in two different passages today. Starting over in John chapter one. If you have your Bibles, please join me in John chapter one, starting in verse eleven. We're going to be in two different passages today that give us two different tests. Two different tests to determine who our spiritual family is. But this sermon, it's not just about finding somebody who fits in or who we can call a part of our spiritual family. This sermon is also about determining, hey, are you someone's spiritual family? Or do you fail the test? Do you pass? Do you fail? These two tests. John chapter 1, starting in verse 11. This is the first test that we're going to come across today. Now before we get going in John, you should know this. John chapter 1. John writes, as so as to prove that Jesus is not only the most perfect human being to walk on the earth. John, the author, writes his gospel, this letter, so as to prove that Jesus is God. This is the whole point of John chapter 1 and all throughout the book of John. He, Jesus simply isn't just fully human. He is fully God. And so when we come to verse 11 then, we see this. We read this. He, being Jesus, came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Stop right there for a second. He came to that which was his own. If Jesus is God... he. John is taking this and saying, look, Jesus is God. He became created. He became creation so as to be received by his own creation. Jesus, God, to be received by all of us, by all of the creation. Verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. He, John, opens this up and he's making a distinction. He is not only telling us that Jesus is God, blowing all understanding out of the water, but he's making mention, hey, if you If you have accepted Jesus, if you have received him, if you have placed your faith in him, you have now entered into a completely different realm of life. You are not simply born of man, physical flesh. You have been born again. You have been given the DNA of God himself. You have been born of God. Those who say yes to Jesus are the ones who are spiritually related to Jesus. If Jesus is the son of God, John then says, hey, if you receive him, if you receive Jesus, then you too become born of God, which then makes us spiritual siblings with Jesus himself. We are the ones born of God, not men. We are born anew with spiritual DNA. Friends, there is nothing greater than this truth. We have been born of God. We've got DNA from God flowing through our very souls. There is nothing greater or better than this news. When we receive Jesus when we say yes to Jesus we have God in us but here's where it gets tricky because not only do we have God living in us me and you and everyone who has said yes to Jesus but guess what that means everybody else who said yes to Jesus also has God in them but we don't like that Because if God is running through all of you as well as me, that means that, well, maybe we should treat people like God is living in them. And that is difficult. When we begin to understand God's not just living through me. I'm not anything special in this world. I'm not the only person in this world that has God living in them. God is living through everybody who has ever said yes to Jesus. And that should change and impact the way we interact with one another. Because when we encounter someone who has said yes to Jesus, no matter how badly they have hurt you, they are still your spiritual sibling. Yeah, siblings, they can be annoying. They can be aggravating. They can be a real pain in them. But they have God living in them. That which connects us as spiritual brothers and sisters is so much greater than the physical blood and DNA that runs through our veins. We are a found family. As children born not of natural descent or of a human decision or of a husband will. This helps us also recognize that we sometimes need to regard as our most intimate family those who it would never make sense to recognize as our most intimate family. We say to ourselves, they can't possibly be a part of my family. There is no way him and I, she and I have the same mission in mind. No way. No way. And yet we know that God is the very thing, person, that connects us. And I say, praise God, we don't choose the family that we're born into. We don't choose the family that we were born into, but it's up to us to live into the family that has been chosen for us. Because we are all connected. We live into the new family, this new spiritual, the new greater family, because of who connects us, not because of who the family is or who we are. We live into this new family because of who the head of the family is. Can you imagine if we got to choose our physical family simply based on who the siblings were? I'm not choosing that family over there. You see those brothers and sisters? No way! But when we see the head of the family and we see the love that is overflowing, that is an outpour of who the head of the family is, we don't say, no, 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 I don't want to be a part of that family because of the siblings. I say, I want to be a part of that family because of who the parent is, who the head of the family is, who is managing and loving and raising up that family. And it's the same way within the church. The church. So often we want to say, there's no way I'm going to that church. You see all those people in there? They're selfish, they're broken, they're sinful. And I say, amen, amen, amen. That's why I want to go there because they know that they are selfish, broken, and sinful. And they are worshiping a God. And they have a God living in through them that is managing them, that is running them, and is growing them to be more like his most perfect son, Jesus. Those who say yes To Jesus, they are the ones who are a part of our spiritual family. It's not my family. It's not your family. It's God's family. This is why we choose to live into everything he has in store for us. Imagine, many here have adopted children. So when a child is adopted, they have now a biological family dictated by their genetics. But at the same time, they now have this new family where they have no genetic connection. And so if this adopted child, as they grow up and as they live into this new family, they have a choice. Where do they put all of their love, their joy, their peace, their hope? Who do they identify with? They have a choice. They, They can either identify, continue to identify with the biological family the family they're no longer with simply because of the DNA connection or they can recognize that there is something greater and that the love of the adoptive family, they may not have the genetic connection, but the love that they have for the adopted child to make this child as one of their own, this love runs so much deeper than blood. And if the child would say, "Nope, I don't want any part of this love. I don't want any. I'm going to stick with the genetics. I'm going to come over here." All of a sudden, not only does this family miss out on everything the child ought to have, but now the child misses out on everything that family wanted to give them. The deeper, the more, the more transcendent nature of this love goes so much further than physical blood. And friends, for you and for me, we have been, we have been given this option. There is a spiritual, there is a superior, a greater family to which we are given the option of dedicating our hope and our joy and our identities to. But so often we like to stay over here because it's tangible. We understand this. We recognize this. And even though our physical families maybe or the groups that we're involved in, yeah, those people hurt us, but we understand it. Over here, well, they hurt us and we don't understand how they're a part of our family. So we avoid them. But in doing so, we miss out on everything that God's family would have for us. The first test that we come upon today It's simply finding those who say yes to Jesus. Do the people we have identified with, given all of our love and passion and hope for, do they say yes to Jesus? If they do, then guess what? You are connected by God Himself. But the secondary question we have to ask ourselves is do I say yes? To Jesus, how do others view me? How do others see me? When someone comes upon me, my name, and the list of people as they're trying to figure out these tests, do they say that Justin is saying yes to Jesus? Ron, do they say yes to you saying yes to Jesus? Rachel, as you go into college next year, will they say yes? Will they say yes? Rachel says yes to Jesus everyone's scared that I'm going to call them out now do you say yes to Jesus because if you don't then friends you're not a part of this family you might do everything right you might have all the physical taken care of you might be caring for every physical need but friends the physical is not the end all there must be soul care do we say yes to Jesus? Okay, let's grade ourselves. How are we doing? Past fail. There's no A, B, C, or D. It's a past fail. Yes or no? Do we, do you, have we surrounded ourselves with people who say yes to Jesus? I'm not saying that they should be the only people in our lives, by no means. But who are we identifying with? Where is our love going to? Do they say love to Jesus? So now we come to our second test. We're going to jump back to the book of Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3 starting in verse 31. And very similar to John, we're going to start halfway in to a particular groups of writings. I don't always like to do this because it takes away from what the author was doing. But for all intents and purposes, we're going to start in verse 31 for the second test. So would you join with me? Verse 31, then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Verse 33, who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. It's important to recognize where Jesus is coming from in this point in time. If you'd go up to verse 20, you'd begin to understand the particular context for what's going on here. Verse 20 begins this interesting passage where not only only are the Pharisees, the religious leaders, those who are deemed to be the most righteous of that day, not only are they Claiming that Jesus is crazy, but so are his family. Verse 20 through 22, verse 20 through 21, it talks about his family saying he's out of his mind. And so we get down to verse 31, and they're asking, hey, don't you want to talk with your mother and your brothers? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's get one thing straight. Yeah, physical mother, physical brothers, but there is something greater going on here. Who are my true, my transcendent, my superior mother and brothers? So if John has helped us to see that there's a clear distinction, those who say yes to Jesus and those who don't say yes to Jesus, these, this is the line by which our family is created. Mark comes in, he's like, all right, now it's time. The choice must be Made And all of a sudden, we recognize there are a lot of people who maybe look like Jesus, who seem close to Jesus. I mean, of all people, you would think that it was the biological family, those with the physical DNA closest to Jesus that would believe in Jesus. You would think that it would be the religious leaders of that day, the Pharisees. They're the ones who knew most about the Bible. They should be the ones who have already said yes to Jesus But this isn't the case. There are many today who go to church. There are many today who live good lives. There are many today who say all the right things. There are many today who have born and raised in the church. And you think, man, they they must they must have said yes to Jesus. But it's not the case. It's not the case. They live out their own will. They do everything that their hearts desire and not God's hearts desire. Yeah, they might look like Jesus. They might even talk about all the right things about Jesus. They may seem to know a ton about Jesus. But in doing so, they're just continually living out their own will rather than the will of God, look what Jesus says here. He says, it is they who do the the will of God. They are my spiritual family. Jesus' statement here, it's meant to be provocative. It's meant to be a smack on the face. It's meant to hit you in all the wrong ways. Saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus, come on now. It's your mom. Your brothers. Can't you... Just say hi to them? How rude is that? Did Jesus really just say that? Man, that's unloving. Am I supposed to do that to my mom? No. Jesus here is demonstrating, is showing, look, these people that look like me, these people that claim to know me, these people who may have all of the boxes checked off, they haven't said yes to me. My family, the Pharisees. You see, it's not natural. It's not, it's not easy to say no to those that we can physically relate with. Beyond biological family, I'm I'm talking sports teams, I'm talking uh, school clubs, group clubs, city clubs, everything that you're a part of, everything that you have dedicated time and that you are passionate about, to deny them a special place as your spiritual family, it's hard. You want to go to them, you want to seek them out, you want to have their advice, you want to be a part of their influence, because of how they have helped you in the temporary and in the physical, but Jesus is saying, "Look, it doesn't matter who they are. If they aren't living into God's will, then they aren't a part of your spiritual family." And sometimes, the people who are a part of our spiritual family makes no sense. They may not have anything to offer you. They may not have the smarts, the wisdom. They may not have the money. They may not have all the special words or the great sources of encouragement. They just may be a pain in your side. But Jesus is saying, look, it is they who are living into the will of God. They are your and my family. And it's for you and for me to recognize that it is they who we need to be identifying with. Those who do the will of God are the ones who deserve the title of family. The thing is, though, determining if someone is doing the will of God is sometimes a bit more difficult than it would seem. My mom, she raised me in church. My mom, she instilled and passed on to me this great moral Compass. My mom raised me knowing to show respect, to work hard, but friends, this does not make one a Christian. Yeah, I have my mom's blood running in me. Many of her personality traits have been passed on to me. Yes, she has raised me like no other mother could, and I would die on that hill. But this does not make my mom a part of my spiritual family. But here's what I have seen in my mom. My mom has continued to demonstrate time and time again what it means to live into the will of God, even as I have gotten older, more so as I've gotten older, now that I have a more clear understanding of actions and words I've seen more and more how she pushes me to trust in God's will in tangible ways. I know that my mom has and will continue to pray over my life. And my mom has impacted so many of you in the exact same way. My mom has said yes to Jesus. And she has lived into the will of God. It's a letter from my mom. Some guy standing on the edge of a cliff with courage written on the top. This letter was written to me my last year of seminary. Just days before I graduated. Many of you know the story about my journey into seminary. My mom was not a fan of me moving to Dallas. Not a fan at all. She wrote me this card. Halfway through the card she says, This, doesn't this look like you on one of your many adventures? I'd say so. Encouraged to boo. You stepped out on faith when I wasn't a big supporter. I may not have been a big supporter of where you want to go, but I will always trust that you will follow God's leading. My mom is the best mom, but more importantly, she is a spiritual sibling in Christ who has pushed, who has encouraged, and even when things didn't go according to her will for her physical son, she gave it all over to God. She leaned past her will so as she could discover what it would be to live into God's will. This wasn't even regarding her, me going to seminary, me going into ministry. It didn't affect her particularly, but she was the one who started praying over my life, who took an entire year to say, I want what God wants for my son, even though I don't want it. This is the sign of someone who is living beyond their will and into the will of God. Who have you surrounded yourself with? And on top of that, how have you, how have you lived past your will? How have you lived into God's will for your loved ones? How do you pass this test? Friends, the Pharisees were the ones who looked most righteous but led people astray. Jesus' family was biologically related to Jesus and yet they did not believe. One cannot simply talk about Jesus. One simply cannot be around Jesus. We must be able to say yes to Jesus and then do the will of his father. Find the ones who lean past their will in order to find God's will. Friends, it comes down to this. We are a discipling family. This is the answer. Do the two tests. Discover, are you passing these two tests? Are you saying yes to Jesus? Have you said yes to Jesus? And are you leaning past your will to live into the will of God? Discipling is this tricky thing. Because you're taking something that's spiritual, that's unseen, that's unnatural to the physical realm, and you're saying to everybody around you, come discover this unseen thing. The way I like to think about it is this. Discipling somebody else. Because that's what this all is. When you can say yes to these, when you pass these two tests, you are discipling. You are part of a discipling family. And you are bringing someone closer to God. And not only are you bringing someone closer to God, but you're keeping them there, helping them see this unseen spiritual thing. But as you continue in the discipleship process, you begin to see this image that was once unseen. And as it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer, and you recognize that this unseen God, maybe, is standing there with this infinite amount of joy and love and peace and hope. And so in the discipling process, you bring someone from over here to over here, and then you keep them there, talking to God, living with God, living into the will of God, saying yes to God, so that as they grow in their relationship, they recognize more and more and more and more how incredibly real this is. And it would seem so unreal that it possibly couldn't be true to live into that and when you are a part of a discipling family, all of a sudden you begin to recognize and see the, the, that good days, like CJ taught us the other day, two weeks ago, all of a sudden the good days are no longer the things that you are relying upon. Because let's, for instance, say this, God is over here with his infinite amount of joy and hope and love and peace. And let's say you receive this really, really good day. And in that good day, you're given $100 worth of joy. But that $100 worth of joy, as great as it is, it's amazing. Praise God for $100 worth of joy. But in light of the infinite amount of joy that God is offering you, it is trivial. And in the same way then, when you experience this bad day, maybe a sinful person, maybe a sinful person comes up to you and they rub you the wrong way and they steal out of your back pocket $100 worth of joy. But if you are a discipling family, if you are a part of a discipling family, and you've allowed yourself to see the unreal reality of God's infinite source of joy and love and hope and peace, all of a sudden, $100 of joy out of your back pocket is trivial. Yes, bad day, and we should recognize the pain for what it is. But no longer is your joy dependent upon this, when we surround ourselves, when we choose to live into the found family, when we become someone's found family, we are a discipling family that lives into the unreal reality, the unreal. And I don't mean unreal as in fake or false. I mean it is unreal. It can't possibly be this good. And yeah, it's not always going to be like this. I can be passionate. I can be like, guys, this is the greatest thing ever. But the fact remains, yeah, we have bad days. We go through terrible seasons, sickness and disease and brokenness. Yes. But God's infinite amount of joy transcends everything. Are you surrounding yourself with found family? Are you someone's found family. Find the people who are willing to take you to the unreal reality of following Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. God, you are so good to us. You have blessed us with yourself. God, would you give us the courage and the perseverance to say yes and then to live into your will. Lord, give us discernment through this next week. Be with us this next week. Help us to determine who is our spiritual family. And then to begin to identify with you who connects us. Father, we love you and we praise you. It's through the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of your son Jesus and all the church said, amen. Amen. Be blessed. and We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.